Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you learn it, share it. Research and declare your stuff. People tell you lots of lies to stop truth. But all it does is really mess up our youth. When, when you, you know, know it... Share it. Impact your truth and choose to please the crowd. Please don't tell us to shush. Free your mind, don't make it mush. When you know it, talk it out proud. If If you you love it, share it. Explore with friends and share discovery. Love musicals and facts, then you're sure to love our act. If you love us, share us right now. And welcome back, folks. I am Kevin. And I'm Chris. And we are talking more about the producers. So we have a few people more to talk about from both the original and the remake in 2005 that we did not get to. So here we are just talking about a few bit more people that were part of what made this brilliant and amazing. So William Hickey played the drunk in the bar credited as Bill Hickey. And William Hickey was in Arsenic and Old Lace, which uh, I like that film. Like you should definitely check out Arsenic and Old Lace uh, with Jimmy Stewart. William Hickey was more well known as Uncle Lewis in the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation from 1989. Yeah, that's an, an incredible role. And then another Disney connection... He was the voice of Dr. Finkelstein in Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just to talk, you know, I love talking about horror. Uh, This gentleman here is, like, horror royalty, in my opinion. Did you know that he was in Tales from the Dark Side and in Tales from the Crypt and in The Outer Limits? I did not know all of them, but I did see an episode of Tales from the Dark Side with him in it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he's he's done some pretty fun and crazy things. He's got a pudding for horror. And he appeared in Mousetrap with Nathan Lane and Lee Evans, and there was a tribute to him at the end. And then another star from yesteryear is Estelle Winwood. She was the hold me, touch me lady that we see in the beginning, who actually lied about her age. She was older than she said she was initially. She died at 101 as the oldest member of the Screen Actors Guild. That is something. Yeah, I mean, she was in Camelot the same year as producers. In their times, respectively, Camelot was pretty big. One thing I do want to mention, uh, Estelle Winwood was in Murder by Death. Incredible, incredible pre-clue murder whodunit uh, made by Neil Simon. Neil Simon? Connection to Mel Brooks again. If you get a chance, watch that film, please. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Andreas Vutsinas, the secretary's name, character name, 
was named after a Volkswagen German sports car at the time. Carmen Gia was the name of a VW sports car. Oh, wow. That does sound like a sports car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, wasn't it like a convertible or something like that? It's a pretty fun car. He was told to look like Rasputin and behave like Marilyn Monroe. But he was afraid. He was he was a little bit afraid because of the fact that he was playing gay. This was 1968. Yeah, yeah, different time, right? Yeah. Very different time. Could be arrested. Before Stonewall, folks. It was the year before Stonewall. Gay liberation had yet to happen at that time. John Lovitz. John Lovitz! Mr. Critic himself. Oh, right, right, right. I used to love that show. I used to watch The Critic all the time. John Lovitz. So John Lovitz is so John Lovitz is a CPA and not just a PA, right? He's a certified public accountant. As playing Mr. Marx in Whitehall and Marx. Yeah, so his character in the producers is basically the the average uh, boss who basically is trying to like stifle any sort of uh, love from his employees and like smoking a cigar, laughing about how much money he's making. Hanukkah Harry on another connection to SNL with Will Ferrell, but different generations. Also in, oh yeah, Matilda, right? Matilda had a musical iteration. Oh yeah, definitely. I do have to mention the movie Rat Race, which I always like wished was a better yeah i wish it was a better movie than it was it wasn't awful if you ever see the movie it's a mad 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 world in comparison they could have they could have tried a little bit harder if they would have tried a little bit harder that movie would have been brilliant i agree 100 percent with that i mean like uh if you compare that movie to like even if you like throw in cannonball run as well and i know cannonball run is not the same thing not at all not at all (laughs) But it is the same in the way of like you have a lot of different characters, different celebrities throughout actor sphere participating in this film that are bringing their specific elements and their flavor to that project. Like in Mad 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 World, exactly the same in that respect, even though the style of film is different, the genre of film is different. It's actually, if you think about it, like those films are closer in genre based on their the, the celebrities than they are based on the story or like uh, i mean like i don't know how many people would have seen ken ball run if it were a bunch of like people that no one knew i have to be honest with you i have not seen it i know of its existence <laughs> <laughs> and i know it's not the same premise as it's a mad 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 world or a rat race well i mean you know Rat Race is a race over money, which I guess Cannonball is too, but they're using cars. Mm-hmm. But I guess in Rat Race, they're also using cars, but they're, yeah. not, they're not race cars designed to do the thing. They're just like, oh, we've been told about this prize and we're trying to get there. A Mad, 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 Mad World, they, there's this guy who has this crash and all these people come down and this guy tells them about this big pile of money under a W. They're, they're all like racing to get to the money first. So a race to get to money. So once again, they're kind of similar. Well, and it is one of the most parodied movies in history with classic actors. When you put the right actors together, you can get real, real awesome results. Michael McKeon was the prison trustee. Most of us would, I would say, know him from the Christopher Guest movies that he's been in. Uh, Spinal Tap. And he was also in Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. He was in A Mighty Wind as well. Well, he more recently was in uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah, Better Call Saul. And his big start was on Laverne and Shirley. Hi, Laverne. Uh, One of the funnest actors that I've like sort of grown up with the, the the work he's done his career 
I, I, I think, you know, it's it's a bit understated. He went to Carnegie Mellon, which makes him pretty awesome, and NYU. Little Nicky being in Family Guy, doing like even SpongeBob SquarePants, doing all, all these great, like crazy, playing with the idea of society. Oh, yeah. And then the other, there's two other people that I want to talk about for that film. Andrea Martin. She is just, is so brilliant. I love her. She was Kiss Me, Feel Me in The Producers. Aside from that, you probably know her from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I make lamb. I mean, I first saw her and like, I would say recognized Andrew Martin in Hedwig and the Angry Inch as the manager of Hedwig. And that's another musical we will talk about at a different time. She was in Anastasia as a voice. She played the woman from the orphanage who was shooing Anastasia away. Revivals of Oklahoma, Fiddler on the Roof, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, like tons of connections always with Young Frankenstein in this film. She was also in in Difficult People with Billy Eichner. Also connected to Disney because he was in the remake of Lion King. Andrea Martin also played Phyllis Carlson in Black Christmas. She she died, but like it's unknown how she died in the movie. I first heard her voice separated. I, I, I saw her first in Head Begin the Angry Inch, one episode where Apu Nahasapina Petalon has a mother visit from his mother from India. She's voiced by Andrea Martin. If you have a problem with Hank Azaria, who is a non-Indian American individual, voicing the role of Apu Nahapsapina Petalan, then you might have a problem with Andrea Martin, who is not Indian as well, voicing the role of Apu Nahasapina Petalan's mother. And then the last person... In the cast of the 2005 version of the producers that I really got excited to see as the lead tenor stormtrooper, Captain Jack Harkness himself, John Barrowman. John Barrowman. Tell us about him. So John Barrowman is someone who is best well known for his Captain Jack Harkness character from the incredibly popular series Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who. He also was the spin-off character with Torchwood in his own series apart from Doctor Who. And he has been in numerous musicals along the way, including... Sunset Boulevard, Miss Saigon, Phantom of the Opera, and La Caja Faux. I mean, he was in The Untouchables. I mean, sure, he was just a street person, but I mean, like, he's been in a lot of awesome films. Mm-hmm. He was in Anything Goes, openly, fabulously bisexual. He is married currently to Scott Gill. In 2006, he was voted Stonewall's Entertainer of the Year. I actually went to a Comic-Con. Oh, you saw him? What was he like? For a week, you know, we could get to him. There was a real-life scale model Tauntaun. He jumps on top of a Tauntaun across the way. (laughs) Well, you do have to take Tauntaun breaks at times. We get up there. Only then did I notice that he was also in La Cajrefo. Oh, okay. A split second of my mind went to, 
I should get him in a dress in La Caja Faux. It was a brilliant photo, and I loved it. My girlfriend at the time, not a musical person at all, but John Barrowman, we ended up getting the face of Bo. I assume you're talking about a photo that you got. I ended up getting the photo. And, and for those of you that don't know what the face of Bo is, in the show Doctor Who, there is a character. Face of Bo is the older version of his younger version character, Captain Jack Harkness. Google the face of Bo, Doctor Who, you can see what I'm talking about. Oh, he, like, honestly, he, it looks more like the Predator. <laughs> the face of Bo? Somebody's probably like, it doesn't look like Predator. I'm like, dude, though, does it? <laughs> I am uh, a very large Predator fan, and I, I understand the, the, the differences of, A, a Predator wearing his, you know, uh, um, his helmet versus not. That being said, uh... I know it's not on purpose, but that's what it looks like. I can say I've never seen one second of The Predator. You've never seen one second? I have not seen one second of The Predator. That's insane, Kevin. I can see some similarities, but not many. Really? That's so sad, man. That's The Predator, right? Yeah. And I can see the skin tone and parts is similar. I mean, obviously, like, the mouth is very different. Very different than the mouth. Very different eyes. Well, yeah, mouth and eyes. Very different nose. No, it doesn't really have a nose in the same sort of sense. Things coming out of the head of the predator are are different than the face of... Than the the things coming out of his head that look very similar to those things. You're right. The one has to be suspended in a jar. The other one can walk around. Okay, so if you cut off that predator's head and put it in a jar, then of course it's different, right? I just, I see some similarities in the color. It would start to look a lot more like this because A, right, it is in a jar and that changes how we perceive it. But of course, you're right about the mouth and the nose and the eyes. This is obviously like a human, humanoid face. But like, like looking at like the skin texture and like. Right, that's why I agreed with you. Like uh, uh, someone could have put a predator head there and I don't think anyone would have noticed. Yeah, I, I think there would have been a few people who, who would notice. Also, it's very large. Yeah. I didn't realize it was large. I thought it was just like a normal... No, it's very big. I never watched Doctor Who. I'm sorry. It wasn't my thing. I, I watched a lot of other things. Like, if you want to talk about, like, v, like American... If you want to talk about American sci-fi... It's okay. It's just the longest-running sci-fi show in history. Or, 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 or Japanese, for that matter. I don't know. I don't I don't know if uh, um like I get what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I still don't think it's as big as Star Trek or Star Wars. Like if you love Doctor Who, kudos to you. I'm sure it's a great show. I've tried to start it. I'm sorry, okay? There's a lot. Okay. No hate against people who don't have time for Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh but I'm sure it's a terrific show. It is an amazing show. Yes. It was made into a musical that did fail. Oh, it failed? It was years before what I want to potentially do if given the opportunity. It was before the Russell T. Davies and David Tennant years. And those, in my opinion, were magical. But finally, after 50 years, Doctor Who is a woman. But John Barrowman, when I met John Barrowman at Comic-Con, I said, we're, we're a trans couple. And he's like, I, I see. I kind of half forced him to sing with me. It literally just was, I am what I am. And then he ended with, and don't you ever forget it. That's cool. I will cherish 
singing just that one line with John Barrowman. Aw, that's a fun story. So we talked about a, a very famous, legendary Disney movie that was also made into a musical. Yet we neglected to to connect the dots of the main character that the title of the movie was named. I mean, you know, like uh, um, sometimes it's okay to omit the uh, uh, star of a film, even if it is a voiceover. Uh, no, that's oh, we messed up. We messed up. I mean, you know, like uh, um, we're sorry, Matt. So yes, Matthew Broderick who was in The Producers as lovable Leo Bloom was the adult Simba. Yeah, he did. He was, he was the adult Simba. And that was, uh, um, yeah, we, I don't know why we uh, left that out. We talked about Kenneth Mars being Triton. Right. We talked about um, Nathan Lane. Timone. He was Timone. Oh, oh Timone. Yeah, we talked about Nathan Lane being Timone. So now I think we have covered all of the cast. With William Hickey, Kenneth Mars, Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick. So now we're going to go into the reference section. Ooh. That talks all about the references that you hear in the producers that you're like, wait, what? Like that's an aged piece of I don't know what. The historical context. The historical context, right? Prince Mishkin, spoken by Max in reference to Leo. Yes, Prince Mishkin. A Dostoyevsky novel, Yeah. yeah. The idiot. Prince Mishkin, or Prince Lev Nikolievich Mishkin, is the protagonist in Fedor Dostoevsky, an 1869 novel, The Idiot. He is mistaken for an idiot and forced into a sanitarium, even though he is the smartest person in the novel. If he's so smart, how did he accidentally end up in... No, I'm just teasing. No, that's a, that's a pretty odd story. Papea. Little Papea. Sabina was Nero's Rome fifth emperor, second wife, known for being cruel and tyrannical. Grand Duchess Anastasia. Yeah, what about, what? tell us about the Grand Duchess Anastasia. Do we remember what part of the film that was at? Like when he's uh, wearing the uh, oh, awesome yeah. outfit? <laughs> no, but I kind of think I look like the Sears Tower. Not, was it? No, not the Sears Tower. The Empire State Building. The Empire State, I'm like putting it in Chicago now. I kind of look like the Empire State Building. <laughs> we'll talk about Chicago in a different time. Right, yeah, that's a different, that's a different musical. The Grand Duchess Anastasia. The Grand Duchess Anastasia Nikolaevna of Russia, the youngest of the Tsar Nicholas II, the last sovereign of Imperial Russia. Oh, Mother Russia. Forced out by communist rule um, that, that, that took over oh. and overthrew, the, the, gov- overthrew the, the palace. Rumors of her death being faked, you know, there have been multiple iterations of Anastasia like I mentioned uh, Andrea Martin was in the beautifully animated version of Anastasia where Leah Salonga another Disney connection because she voiced the um, two uh, princesses and the singing voice of Mulan and Jasmine when we talk about Anastasia the musical as well so that will come to another another day for Anastasia yeah we'll get around to it a lot of musicals to cover tugboat Annie I feel more like Tugboat Annie, a 1933 pre-code film directed by Mervyn Leroy, written by Norman Relay Rain and Zelda Sears, and starring 
Annie Marie Dressler, who won an Oscar in 1931, and Wallace Beery as a comically quarrelsome middle-aged couple who operate a tugboat. So uh, people t- throw around the term uh, pre-code film, and that basically means that like once upon a time, like uh, uh, there was no like motion picture code, so you could like basically make whatever you really wanted to. Uh, but you know the federal government like uh, decided to like put like decency levels, I guess. And the decent people will have none of it. I guess like uh, uh, if the films were all that decent, they they probably would have helped society get better. Sex isn't the problem. Lilac time was a play that ran back in 1917, written by Jane Cowell and Murfin. The, the, some of these are going to be obscure, um, old musicals, and I think part of that was when they filmed the original producers, there was a lot of obscure, ancient uh, shows, posters that they had access to, so they put them on the wall, in Max Bialystok's office. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that, like, Mel Brooks uh, is, you know, from a different time, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I think he was inspired by, like, Charlie Chaplin's uh, Dictator, right? And he's, like, inspired by, like, a lot, like, the Marx Brothers and all these, like, old-style things. And he wanted to, like, put little, like, Easter eggs of, like, what he grew up with mm-hmm. in his work. Gypsy Love... was an opera with music by Franz Lihar from Austria that ran in 1911. Winston Churchill. Who's that? Prime Minister of the UK during World War II from 1940 to 1945, then again. Winston Churchill was in the producers? (laughs) (laughs) Then again in 1951 to 1955. Lots of movies about him, including The Gathering Storm, and Churchill, if you wanted to learn more about Winston Churchill and also the History Channel. The Roaring Lion. Ava Braun was the mistress and later wife of Adolf Hitler, dying with him at age 33. Well, they, they, they said they died in a bunker. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Adolf Hitler. Some, some people believe they got away to Argentina, but I, I don't know. I uh, uh, Hitler liked the spotlight uh, just as much as, as DT does. Born in Austria on 420, 1899, and rose through the ranks of the government in Germany, becoming the leader from 1933 to 1945 when he committed suicide in a bunker with Eva Braun. A uh, very anticlimactic end of a, of a world war, but uh, there you go. Heinrich Leupold Himmler was the main architect, along with Adolf Hitler, for the Holocaust. He was the one to come up with the idea and bring it to Hitler, and Hitler was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And the Nazi party. I didn't realize uh, Third Reich meant Germany. Formerly the German Workers' Party from 1919 to 1920, then the National Socialist Workers' Party, emerged fighting against communist uprising in World War One. Uh, and we're definitely going to be talking about this in the final bit of this, but like specifically Nazi propaganda is built in a very specific way, incites and sort of drives people to behave in a way that may not necessarily 
be the best choice. Dusseldorf, the most populous state in Germany and seventh largest city in Germany. I was born in Dusseldorf, and that is why they call me Rolf. <laughs> that is why they call me Rolf. Third Reich, the history of the nation state known as the German Reich, divided into three parts German Empire, 1871 to 1918, Weimar Republic, 1918 1933, then we have Nazi Germany. 1933 to 1945. Reich is the equivalent of saying empire for English. That's the literal translation. And we will definitely talk more about both Nazi Party and Third Reich in the next episode of Talking Musical History Podcast, where we talk about the producers. After this message, we'll be right back. And welcome back, folks. Shakespeare. William Shakespeare, considered the bard and the most influential poet playwright to come out of the Elizabethan era. Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth at Ford's Theater during a play called The American Cousins. Schlock. A Yiddish word deriving from the German word a blow, meaning bad or cheap. Ritz. The fancy hotel called Ritz-Carlton, established in 1983, but the Ritz itself comes from Germany, deriving of the words Re for power and Hardes, meaning hard or strong, with the first hotel in Paris, 1906, by Swiss hoteler César Ritz. Ziegfeld, Florence Ziegfeld Jr., well, he was born to make follies on Broadway, and he was married to Glinda herself, Billy Burke, from the original 1939 Wizard of Oz, known as the glorifier of the great American girl. And just uh, also another another connection there with Billy Burke, and uh, we, we also talked about all-American Ray Bolger, who was the Scarecrow oh, wow. in that same movie. So that's the Wizard of Oz connection of stars from yesteryear. Boris Viktorovich Tomashevsky was a Russian formalist, literary critic, theorist of poetry, the textual analysis, historian, and Russian literature, Pushkin scholar, translator, and writer. For those of you who don't speak Yiddish and heard this, what it actually means is all good people to do every good thing. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes. Which obviously is not what was said in the producers. What was said? I knew what he was saying. He was saying when you're down and out and everybody thinks you're finished, that's the time to stand up and shout, who do you have, the f who do you have to fuck to get a break in this town? This, so this is from The King of Broadway, which was cut from the movie as a joke 
in the line that they ask, what does this mean? Oh, and then he's, he, he lies. He lies. He makes up <laughs> this thing about who the fuck do you have to get a break in this? You know, like that's where that comes in. <laughs> Lewis and Clark in 1803, Thomas Jefferson commissioned the corpse of discovery and named army captain Meriwether Lewis, its leader who then invited William Clark to co-lead the expedition with him to found the Lewis and Clark expedition in 1806 to cross the newly acquired Western portion of the country after the Louisiana purchase. And, and, and what is this off of? Like, what did Lewis say to Clark when oh, everything was bleak? Oh. What did Sir Edmund say to Tenzing? Sir Edmund Percival Hillary was a new Zealand mountaineer, explorer, and philanthropist. On 29th of May in 1953, he and Sherpa mountaineer Tenzing Norgay began the first climbers confirmed to have reached the Mount Everest. The first white climbers to ever reach the top of Mount Everest. I assume that people went to the top of Mount Everest long before those people showed up, and that's how they got showed to get to the top of Mount Everest. So that's a really fun fact. George Washington crossing the Delaware. I'm sure you're well aware. (laughs) (laughs) Occurred during the night of December 25th to December 26th, 1776, during the American Revolutionary War, was the first move in a surprise attack organized against Hessian forces, German auxiliaries in the service of the British. Lunch at Zardy's every day. Zardy's opened at its current location on March 5th, 1927. It's known for its caricatures of Broadway celebrities on its walls that are now over a thousand. Hired Russian refugee Alex Gard to draw the characters in exchange for free food. Even after Gard's death, Zardy's continues to commission characters. Dixon Ticonderoga was founded in 1795 with numerous items now, but best well-known for the standard number two pencil with a distinctive green and yellow ferrule, which means tip on the, on the near the eraser. Right, the, the pencil we're talking about that the certified public accountant takes away from poor old Mr. Bloom. Gertentag Hopklop translates... Two. Good afternoon. Ach du lieber. Oh my God. Essen und freshen. Eat and eat. Tanzen und trinken. Dance and drink. Mein liebe Schatz. My dear darling. Oh, that's that's the end. Siegfried is a German language male name composed from the Germanic elements Sig, meaning victory, and Frethu, protection or peace. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oedipus. Oedipus Rex, also known by its Greek title, Oedipus Tyrannus. Yeah, Tyrannus's mama. Or Oedipus the King is an Athenian tragedy by Sophocles that was first performed around 429 BCE, originally to the ancient Greeks. In the end, he falls from grace and kills himself. Falls from grace. He has like you know he go he he hits up his mom right, like uh like Oedipus won't bomb if he winds up with mom. <laughs> Argentina, 
Before the war, Argentina hosted a strong, well-organized pro-Nazi element that was controlled by the German ambassador. In the late 1940s, under Juan Perón, Juan Perón leadership, the government quickly, quietly allowed entry of a number of war criminals fleeing Europe after Nazi Germany's collapse. And we will definitely talk about Juan Perón later when we discuss Evita. Yeah, wow, I did not realize that connection. Haben Sie Gehäuse Deutscher Band translates to Have you heard the German band? Did you hear the German tape? Schweigen Rein Reigen schon Schutzen Schmutzen Saubraten Silence Dance Protect Protect Dirty Sauerbraten so, so Sauerbraten translates to Sauerbraten. Comédie Française. The Comédie Française is one of the few state theaters in France founded in 1680 by Louis XIV, oldest active theater company in the world. French word merde is shit. I used to say that all the time in high school. Merde. Merde. Bonne chance, mi ami. Good luck, my friends. La Scala is an opera house in Milan, Italy. The theater was inaugurated on August 3rd, 1778, and was originally known as the Nuovo Regio Ducale Teatro alla Scala. Deutschland originally meant people's land. Yeah, the land where they speak Deutsch. Deutschland. <laughs> Cain and Abel. In the biblical book of Genesis, Cain and Abel are the first two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain, the firstborn, was a farmer, and his brother Abel was a shepherd. The brothers made sacrifices to God, each of his own produce, but God favored Abel's instead of Cain. Kraut, a derogatory word for German soldier after World War I and II, post in 1918. However, it was the German word for herb. Reichstag, Parliament, on February 27, 1933. The German parliament building burned down due to arson. The Nazi leadership and the German nationalist uh, coalition partners exploited the fire to persuade German Paul von Hindenburg. The communists were planning a revolt, a violent uprising to derail German national renewal. What's, what's national renewal? What's Germany's national re renewal? Nazis. Like national rule. Like come back to Germany like a state of nationalism. So they're saying they're the, the, the national renewal and that communists were planning a revolt. To derail. They claimed that emergency legislation was needed to prevent this commonly known as the Reichstag Fire Decree, the resulting act for the protection of the people and state abolished a number of constitutional protections and paved the way for a Nazi dictatorship. Führer was a military term in Germany since 18th century. Adolf took the title in 1921 when infuriated over party founder Anton Drexler's plan to merge with another anti-Semitic far-right national party. He resigned from the party. Drexler and the party executive committee then acquiesced to Hitler's demand 
to be made the chairman and of the party with dictatorial powers as the condition for his return. Goose Step, the march by military persons in a straight leg out with no bend at the knees as a way of showing solidarity in formation. Started in the Persian German Kingdom 1701-1918, military drill in mid-18th century introduced into German military tradition by Leopold I, Prince of Anhalt Dessau. A field marshal was called Stechstrich, piercing step, or Streichmark. Stretchmark? <laughs> Streichmark. Yes, the Streichmark. The, the Streichgrit. Uh, uh, or stretch mark, or, or the stretched crack. Ethel Merman, inspired by vaudeville acts. Inspired by Mel Brooks, right? Like he went to yeah. her show, right? He'll be swell. He'll be great. Well, he was saw Anything Goes as a kid, right? His yeah. uncle took him, yeah. Inspired by vaudeville acts, by the like of Fanny Bryce, which we will also talk about in another musical. She started to perform at first under the Warner Brothers and caught the attention of columnists such as Walter Winchell and Mark Hellinger. Walter Winchell, syndicated American newspaper gossip columnist and radio news commentator, began his newspaper career as a Broadway reporter, critic, and columnist for the New York tabloids. As the World War II approached in the 1930s, he attacked the appears of Nazism. Then in the 1950s, he aligned with Joseph McCarthy in his campaign against communists. He damaged the reputation of Charles Lindbergh, who was a yeah pro-Nazi, and Josephine Baker. Yeah, he even like uh, frequently attacked the Ku Klux Klan. It was a stand-up kind of guy. Pulitzer Prize, achievements in newspaper, magazine, online journalism, literature, and musical composition within the United States newspaper publisher Joseph Pulitzer, giving money to his will in Columbia University to launch a journalism school and establish the Pulitzer Prize. Of The I Sing was the first musical to win an award written in 1931. Most recent, A Strange Loop by Michael R. Jackson as the 10th musical to win and the first by a black artist. Yeah, and we all know that, like, you know, uh, the producers love winning Pulitzer Prizes. There's tons of different producers out there that have, right? You got Lin-Manuel Miranda with his, Tennessee Williams, August Wilson, you know, uh, obviously Rodgers and Hammerstein and uh, uh, Neil Simon, right, a great friend of uh, uh, Mel Brooks. So, yeah, it's a big part of the whole setup. Yeah. Goebbels. Five daughters and one son born to Nazi propaganda, Minister Joseph Goebbels and his wife, Magda. The children born between 1930 and 1940 were murdered by their parents in Berlin on May 1st, 1945, the day both parents committed suicide. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, Goebbels is uh, uh, pretty big on sort of like the messaging that uh, happened around, uh, you know, how, how Nazis work. Uh, that being said, we are going to talk a lot about how, we're going to talk a lot about how propaganda and messaging and Nazis and fraud, basically, all come to a confluence in the part three of this episode. 
Goebbels is definitely big into that painting a pretty picture where there is none. Samson and Delilah in the Old Testament, the central figure of Samson's love story, Judges 16, she was a Philistine who was bribed to entrap Samson, coaxed him into revealing that his secret of his incredible strength was in his long flowing hair, whereupon she took advantage of his confidence and betrayed him to his enemies. No, and I, I kind of get where Bialystok is coming from, like sort of comparing their relationship to that. But I'm going to have to say, uh, Max, your hair isn't that good. You do not have Samson-level hair. There's actually a whole moment in the show where you show off how you don't have Samson-level hair. So come on, let's be honest. <laughs> right? <laughs> Othello. Othello is a tragedy written by William Shakespeare, believed to have been written in 1603. Iago plots Othello's downfall by falsely implicating Othello's wife, Desdemona, and Cassio in a love affair. Okay, this one might be a little bit too much on the nose for for this group because, like, you know, you have the whole, like, love triangle thing going on. Well, at least in Max's mind. It really wasn't happening that way. But, like, you know, obviously, (laughs) I guess he would see himself as Othello in this. (laughs) He's such a tragic character, that Max Bialystok. Julius and Brutus, Marcus Brutus, Roman general, one of the conspirators in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. On one side, Brutus personally loves Caesar, but on the other side, he admits that his loyalty to the Roman public will come before his love for Caesar. While Brutus is well-respected because of the loyalty to Rome, it is his inner conflict that is Brutus's undoing. And I wish I remembered this. Shakespeare's Julius Caesar better. You know, I, I, I've seen it a bunch, and it's unfortunate that I don't remember it better. That being said, I feel like... It's not as well done. I, I mean, not well, but it's it's not as... There, you can search for Romeo and Juliet. You can search for Othello. You can search for, like, a lot of his other works, but, Ju- but that one isn't as widely done as others. We did, a, we did an interesting production of it at the University of Miami at the Jerry Herman Ring Theater, um, that I, I feel like was really fun and interesting that we pulled off. But like, I, I feel like, you know, the idea of like his, was it really Rome that he had love for? Or was it his like oligarch buddies in the Senate? Like, were they really representing Rome as well? I feel like the Romans didn't really necessarily, we hate our president and we hate our, uh, we hate our Congress sort of thing. And that, oh, like the Congress is really really representing the people, but I could be completely wrong. But I mean, I think they did fall at one point in time. There is still a Rome, but it's not the same. Judas betrayed Jesus to the Sandrahan in the garden of Gethsemane by kissing him and addressing him as rabbi to reveal his identity to the crowd who had come to arrest him. Yeah, I don't I don't know too much about that specific thing, but there's a there's a really cool short film called The The Fist of Jesus. I, I used to run yeah. a horror film festival. I always like to talk about this, but it's about how uh, Jesus and Judas and I assume this is sort of to to explain why Judas would betray Jesus. When Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he actually turns Lazarus into a zombie, according to this film. Uh, Judas is like really pissed at him because they have to fight these zombie hordes and Judas doesn't want to fight a zombie horde and Jesus is I guess having the time of his life Uh, it's on YouTube you should check it out Fists of Jesus (laughs) Kevin's never seen it I've never seen it it's a it's a Spanish it's a Spanish film 
So there, there'll be subtitles. Or if you speak Spanish, that's even better. Sing Sing is a maximum security prison operated by the New York State Department of Corrections and Community Supervision in the village of Osing, New York. It is about 30 miles north of New York City. In 1970, the name of the prison was changed to Osing Correctional Facility, but reverted to its original name in 1985 whose name came from the Wappinger Native American words snick snick, which translates to stone upon stone. Yeah, and uh, uh, I mean, Sing Sing's been around for looks like a really long time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 crazy to even think about, right? I don't know what uh, the, 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 the la- yeah, you're saying like pur- purchased from Indian land. That's, that's crazy to think about. Leavenworth? USP Leavenworth was the largest maximum security federal prison in the United States from 1903 until 2005 when it was downgraded to a medium security facility located 25 miles northwest of Kansas City. More 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 prison stuff. I mean, you know, Max knows he's going to jail. I think it's really funny though that uh the moment like uh toward the beginning where like yeah, you see Rio, I see jail from uh you know uh, bloom and mm-hmm. obviously he's the one that saw rio bloom saw rio and max saw jail. jail yeah the great white way was inspired by all the electric white lights in the theater marquees and billboard signs that illuminated the area after the red mill in 1906 by the 1920s the spectacle that was Times Square had become famous and was the Great White Way nickname became known worldwide. That's, that's interesting. It sounds it sounds uh, like some sort of uh, 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 segregationist uh, holiday spot. <laughs> I, I, mean it, I, I mean, it does. It really does. But I mean, like, if you look at old timey photos of that time period, old timey photos of that time period. But if you look at those photos, it's like really interesting because it's like, you know, like those black and whites are like, like beaming with light, you know, like, uh, you know, Broadway Melody and Squibs Dental Cream and like <laughs> things like that. But I mean, like, it, it looks like what Times Square looks like, you know, uh, but obviously a little bit more low tech. Yeah. Broadway. The plays of William Shakespeare were frequently performed on the Broadway stage even during the period most notably known by American actor Edwin Booth, who was internationally known for his performance as Hamlet. Booth played the role for a famous 100 consecutive performance at the historic Winter Garden Theater in 1865, with the run ending just a few months before... I feel like this story is going to go somewhere. His brother... Who? John Wilkes Booth... Oh my goodness, really? ...assassinated Abraham Lincoln at the play Our American Cousins. As World War II approached, a dozen Broadway dramas addressed the rise of Nazism in Europe, and the issue of American non-intervention. Yeah, Americans get so confused when that sort of thing pops up. I mean, not all of America. If you want to hear more about the producers behind the producers, kind of really want to discuss like the the confluence of, you know, uh, Nazism, like fraud and scams, really just the whole idea of putting on a worthwhile show. 
instead of just trying to make money. Instead of the schlock we see too much of. That's the truth. Please, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe now. We appreciate you guys all being here and hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to Talking Musical History Podcast. Talk the producers. And we'll be back with part three to talk all so much more. I am Kevin. And I'm Chris. Ooh, when you learn it, share it. Research and declare your stuff. People tell you lots of lies to stop truth. But all it does is really mess up our youth. When, when you, you know, know it, it share, share it. Impact your truth and choose to please the crowd. Please don't tell us to shush. Free your mind, don't make it mush. When you know it, talk it out proud. If If you you love it, share it. Explore with friends and share discovery. Love musicals and facts, then you're sure to love our act. If you love us, share us right now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.